LinkedIn presents. Not only have we diversified our footprint in the U.S., um, prior to the pandemic, 97% of our employees were located within the U.S. Um, we've uh, now expanded to almost 20% of our, our employees being based outside of the U.S., so we're really recruiting talent on a global scale um, and opening the aperture to, to talent in locations that we just didn't have access to it before. So clearly that gives us more access to uh, diverse talent pools, like wherever they reside. That was Yelp Chief People Officer Carmen Orr. And in this episode, Carmen and I sit down to discuss her career path and background across Home Depot, eBay, Yelp, and more. We get into what it was like starting her journey at Yelp in the pandemic, taking them to a remote organization. And we also get into some of Yelp's recent remote work report, which had some really interesting findings around migrations out of big cities. So we'll be right back with that conversation and a lot more right now. Amplify connects, develops, and empowers the next generation of transformative people leaders through HR Executive Search and the Amplify Academy Learning and Leadership Development Platform. Our Executive Search practice brings a modern approach to Executive Search by transparent pricing, unique access to emerging and established leaders, and onboarding advisory. Our Amplify Academy is changing how HR practitioners and leaders develop their careers through peer communities, the AI Learning Lab, and leadership development cohorts. Together, these platforms support our mission of building a better world of work by elevating the field of HR. You can learn more at AmplifyTalent.com. Now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Redefining Work Podcast. I'm your host, Lars Schmidt, and today I'm really excited to be sitting down with Carmen Whitney Orr. Carmen is the Chief People Officer at Yelp. She has a great background across a, a range of leadership roles in HR that we're going to explore, as well as getting into some of the findings of Yelp's recent remote work report, which is a fascinating uh, look at Yelp and search data and how that actually helped them get a gauge of uh, population density and movement across the U.S. So, Carmen, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'd love to have you open with an introduction for the audience. Hey, Lars. Thank you so much. It's really great to be here. Um, like you said, I am currently the chief people officer at Yelp. And I'm a longtime HR practitioner. So my career in HR spans a couple of decades. I hate to date myself, but um, I would say it has really unfolded in a, a couple of different chapters. Uh, I spent uh, 10 years working at the Home Depot where I really cut my teeth in the HR space and had an opportunity to really learn uh, the ins and outs of HR and had the opportunity to um, to do both line roles and uh, customer facing roles and really learned a, a great deal. And then the second chapter was really working at uh, eBay and transitioning into the technology space, um, where I similarly continued to uh, hone my skills in HR and get exposure to leading multiple facets of uh, HR in the organization. And um, I have now been at Yelp for uh, just over a year uh, in my first role as chief people officer and have just been really having a fantastic time uh, working at the company and advancing our remote work strategy. 
Yeah, well, I have a lot of questions about your role at Yelp and the, the remote work strategy in particular. But before we get into your current role, as you mentioned, you know, prior to joining Yelp, you'd had two, uh, you know, long runs at both Home Depot and eBay. And what I found really interesting about those roles is they were they seem to be such developmental roles for you, you know, having the opportunity to to have, you know, over a half dozen, I think, different roles uh, in your time at each of the companies. And I'm curious to get your perspective, like how, you know, being in that in that environment, you know, really kind of back to back environments where you are able to stretch and grow in different ways. How did that shape kind of your views towards the work and how did that maybe help you, uh, you know, hone in on on an aspiration for moving into the chief people officer role? Yeah, it's a great question. I think I've been really fortunate in my career to have had the opportunity to work for a few really great companies um, and also large companies that gave me an opportunity to um, move uh, pretty frequently and explore different facets of the HR uh, and all, all of the facets of the HR role. So um, really developing first in uh, the talent management space, uh, which was my first love uh, in HR. Um, and then as I thought about my career progression in HR, I actually, I remember thinking, you know, the HR business partner role seems like a really critical uh, and core uh, capability to master. So let me try and do this. I'll spend a couple of years and that'll make me a better uh, practitioner in the talent management space. Um, and then fast forward 10 years later, I was still working in that space, um, but had like really the opportunity to uh, like first in a retail environment, like very large retail environment, uh, work in both corporate uh, functional roles as well as field facing roles, which really taught me different aspects of, you know, it means something to be strategic uh, when you're operating at scale and something entirely different to be strategic when you're kind of operating in a more um, nuanced uh, GNA environment. So um, those were really great opportunities. And then um, thinking about how to transition uh, what I learned at Home Depot in a very large and established company uh, to uh, the technology space uh, was, was really fascinating. Um, really different environment, but similarly had opportunities to start off at eBay as an HR business partner um, and then was approached to take on a shared services role. And I remember having a conversation with my leader at the time where I said, yeah, I have zero experience. I have lots of experience um, as a business partner for operational roles uh, and supporting operational leaders, but you know, no, no experience running an operation of my own. Uh, sounds great, sign me up. <laughs> uh, so like really um, ha taking the opportunity to apply um, transferable skills mm -hmm. and broaden my knowledge of the HR space, I think has really, uh, served me very well uh, in my career. And at eBay, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to lead most facets at some portion of my career of, uh, of HR, um, which then definitely led me to the path of chief people officer. And there was some, you know, certainly some serendipity uh, in that career journey, uh, as well as willingness to raise my hand and make some maybe less obvious moves. Um, and then just some 
some choices that were very deliberate and like, these are the capabilities I need to round out in order to ultimately, uh, take the, take the top job, which, um, I've been very fortunate to be able to do now at Yelp. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you look at people, when you look at the path to a CPO role today, um, it's really varied, you know, and, and, and there's some scenarios where it's people that have, you know, worked through the different functions uh, within HR um, and ultimately that, you know, gain the skills and experience through that that prepared them for the role. You know, we're seeing more scenarios where people may even be moving into that role from other areas of the business or, you know, the, their career path is definitely not solely kind of linear now. And it's interesting for, for practitioners, uh, you know, maybe who, who are, you know, Carmen from 10 years ago, right They're they're in a role, they're in an organization, they're trying to think about their own growth. And maybe they are in a large organization where they have that opportunity to have stretch assignments, have nonlinear assignments, um, and they do aspire to head down the CPO path at one point, what advice do you have for them? How should they be thinking about kind of developing, you know, and or diversifying their career now if that CPO seat is kind of uh, in their aspirations? Um, I would say definitely raise your hand for opportunities, even if you haven't had that direct experience. That's the only way you get it. Uh, is to step into uh, either a project assignment or a new role. Um, and then also kind of think about like, what are the broader set of capabilities? Like if you aspire to be a chief people officer, what are the broader set of capabilities uh, and experiences that you need? And think about ways that you might, uh, you might get gain some exposure uh, to those experiences. So again, I think, um, some of the most rewarding, <laughs> some of the most rewarding experiences I've had in my career have been coaching, um, and working with some of my team members to encourage them to take a role that may be less obvious to them, um, uh -huh. where they have come back and said, ah, yeah, but I've never done that. And it's like, no, I know <laughs> that's the reason <laughs> that's the point. To, take, yeah, to, to take the role and then to watch them, uh, thrive, um, in those roles, because if you, like, even if, you know, if I look back at the very beginning of my career, um, I really thought, you know, talent management and leadership development, that's the path for me. And I still like love that I get the opportunity to, to still play in that space. Um, I became much better, uh, in that capacity, having taken on other roles, having served as a business partner, and I think vice versa. So if you're in a COE role and you want to get a, a line facing role, I mean, that just gives you the different perspective. Um, so I would just say like the broader base of opportunity and exposure, um, that you can get because the field of HR is so vast, uh, and so broad, um, you know, the better prepared, that you'll be to, to take on, uh, increasing levels of leadership in HR. Yeah. You know, and you've been, you know, in your first CPO role for, uh, oh, oh, actually a year now, right? I joined in January of, uh, 22. And, okay. um, so I just celebrated what we call our Yelp anniversary. So I have my okay. one year Yelp anniversary. <laughs> so I'm very excited. You know, I'm curious, like you obviously knowing that this was a career aspiration of yours to kind of move into a role like this, and you were very deliberate about kind of diversifying the different, you know, roles and teams and, and experiences you were able to build that prepared you to move into a role like this. Having been now in the role for a year, looking back, was is there anything that maybe you anticipated you would or wouldn't need that that 
was a surprise for you once you were in that seat uh, today? Um, it wasn't as much of a surprise, but one of the areas that I had less uh, direct exposure to was uh, the leading the total rewards space um, and then having interaction with the board. Um, so like that's been a great learning experience uh, for me over the last year. Um, something, you know, that I, you would always anticipate, of course, uh, as a very important for a chief people officer. So, uh, if I had gone back, I might've tried to get a little bit more exposure to those things. But I guess the other, the thing I would just say is, um, you know, there's no, no such thing as a hundred percent preparation. Yeah. And if you wait to be a hundred percent prepared, you're, you're going to sit around and be waiting. And so, um, I think what I've relied on is, um, my ability ability to, um, uh, to learn and be agile and utilize my resources. Um, and so I would just say to, to folks, like, you're never going to know everything uh, that you need to know and just need to know how to, how to learn, um, and how to get the answers to the things that, that, uh, are going to be important. I'm really glad you mentioned that kind of knowing how to learn, because I think, uh, you know, learning agility is probably one of the most important traits of not just CPOs, but, you know, people, practitioners, and certainly leaders in these dynamic times. And again, the field of, of HR and people operations, however you want to frame it, has never been more complex. It's never been more nuanced. It's never been more critical to both the business and the employees. And so there's no way that anybody's going to walk in knowing everything. And, and the, the, the core kind of leverage drivers also shifts, right? Like total rewards now hugely important as we talk about, you know, we're talking differently about things like pay equity uh, and uh, obviously, you know, retention in an environment with economic uncertainty and, and how we address that not coming long off of, you know, the period known as the great resignation when, you know, comp packages balloon and it's just, it's such an interesting time. And, and I'm curious, you know, with you joining, uh, you know, Yelp a little over a year ago, what, what drew you to the company? I imagine with your experience, you had a range of opportunities to explore. What was it about uh, Yelp that compelled you to uh, come on board? I was at a point where I was starting to listen to, um, you know, there were a lot of opportunities out there at the time, as you, as you said, and, um, you know, a number of things were coming across my desk and, you know, they were interesting, but nothing quite really sparked my interest. Like here, I didn't kind of uh, wasn't super excited until I got the Yelp opportunity. And first and foremost, I, I have been a longtime user of the product. So I have moved around a lot uh, in my career and I've traveled a lot. And so I've always utilized Yelp as that trusted um, platform to let me know what's going on wherever I am. Um, so I, I knew the product, loved the product. And so that intrigued me. Uh, and then when I'm looking at companies, I really always look at it from a lens of the culture, uh, the people, and the purpose. And as I dug in um, and had conversations with the Yelp leadership team, it really just ticked off all three of those boxes for me. I mean, Yelp has um, a very special culture that's really focused on inclusion and belonging um, and like some longstanding core values founder-led company, um, very much employee-focused and focused on um, the communities that we serve. Um, and the mission of the company uh, is, is strong. We connect people with great local businesses um, and 
specifically at a time coming out of the pandemic, uh, supporting our local businesses, like to me is more important than ever. Um, and then just the people that I talked to over the course of my interviews, just really solidified that all of that, um, you know, I want to work with smart people who like really get energized about doing meaningful stuff and, uh, you know, and, and living into the values that, that Yelp espoused. And that just really was very evident in every conversation that I had. So it was, um, you know, it was just like never in doubt for me, like from conversation one, that like this was a special place and something that I wanted to be a part of. I mean, it's always interesting when you, when you're uh, a customer, right? When you're a user of a product and you, you have this view of the company based on your experience as, as a customer or as a user. And so when you can kind of get into the company and obviously in your role in the company deeply, uh, and really see the values come to life and how you connect with the leadership team. And I'm sure just reinforces the, uh, you know, imagine affinity you already had going in as a user. Uh, that's always an interesting, uh, you know, place to be that I think, uh, makes for some really powerful connections and matches. Um, you know, you joined soon after you joined Yelp announced that they were moving to remote, uh, remote first. And, you know, that, uh, other companies have been through that journey. Uh, other companies are still going through that journey. Other companies are reversing steps that they made towards that journey. I think, you know, the, the conversation around remote and hybrid is, is so nuanced and individual to every specific company. Um, what was that experience like for you, particularly coming in as a new leader? So you didn't necessarily have the historical perspective of how things were, but now you are the architect of how things are going to be. What was that process like for you? And kind of how did you land on, on how you think about the structure of remote work at Yelp? Yeah. You know, it's actually one of the things that drew me to Yelp as well. Um, the company at the time I was interviewing was already in a remote first posture. Um, and shortly after I joined, we announced like we are leaning in and going fully remote. So Yelp never announced a return to office date. Um, and I had experienced that, uh, in previous careers and that's just painful experience. The we're coming back in the summer. Oh no, we're going to come back in the fall. And, you know, the pandemic had other plans. Um, and I think, you know, to the leadership team and, to the leadership team's credit, they kind of looked at what was happening and listened to the sentiment of the employees and understood the business results to say, oh, wow, I mean, this wasn't something we would have envisioned, of course, <laughs> um, but we uh, you know, are questioning these long-held paradigms about you know, work having to take place within these four walls with everybody together. Um, and this is actually something that really seems to be working at Yelp. And so uh, the company and the leadership team had decided early on to kind of really lean into being remote first. And then as we continue to listen to our employees, and that's one of the things that I think Yelp does really well, um, is really gauge employee sentiment and act on it. Um, you know, our employees overwhelmingly, 87% of them were telling us that the remote first model was making them more effective, um, that they wanted to work remotely most of the time, that um, both leaders and employees felt that they could meet their goals in a remote environment. Over 90% of them um, self-reported that. And we were seeing that borne out in the business results. You know, so Yelp's had, uh, you know, uh, despite some economic headwinds, record-setting, uh, we had a record-setting revenue year in, in 2022. 
um, and just really solid performance coming out of the pandemic. So it was something that we said, wow, it's working. And we did uh, open, uh, move to open some of our offices for employees to come in um, if they wanted to. And they voted with their feet. <laughs> so on any given day, we had less than 2% of our employees on a global basis actually attending a Yelp office. And, you know, frankly, that just doesn't seem like a great use of resources. <laughs> <laughs> so so cup, taking employee sentiment with uh, business results, um, it just seemed really prudent that, hey, this is something that's really working for us. And like, let's continue to lean in here um, and, and differentiate. HR leaders today are under immense pressure to deliver results for the business, navigate new social and business climates, and build adaptable people programs built for these dynamic times. We're often asked to do more with less. The new world of work requires new ways to learn and develop our capabilities as HR and people practitioners. The Amplify Academy was built from the ground up to help people leaders efficiently and effectively connect with diverse learning needs for today and tomorrow. The Amplify Academy provides you with highly curated resources, exclusive content, courses, and a community designed to help people leaders effectively support your organization and each other. There are two components to the Amplify Academy, the Amplify Academy Learning Lab and Community and the Amplify Academy Leadership Development Cohorts. The Learning Lab and Community includes an AI learning platform that includes a range of courses, resources, templates, presentations, reports, and more to support the learning needs of today's HR and people practitioners. The Learning Lab subscriptions also include access to the Amplify Academy Slack community, a purpose-designed community to help you build your network equity and connect, collaborate, and grow your network with peers around the world. The Amplify Academy cohorts are four-week immersive peer learning programs designed to help you build the leadership skills and network you need to lead successful teams in the new world of work. Cohort students learn from world-class guest instructors with past instructors including Katie Burke, Katarina Berg, Lynn Oldham, Pat Waters, Claude Silver, Nellie Peshkoff, and so many more. Want to supercharge your people team? Be sure to check out the Academy for Teams product. It's designed to give your people teams access to all 450 plus resources in the Learning Lab and build their network equity in the Slack community, as well as their leadership ability in the Amplify Academy cohorts. You can learn more about all of this at amplifytalent.com academy. Now, back to the show. Earlier this year, and, and correct me on the date, um, but recently you had released the Remote Work Report, which was a fascinating look at talent mobility trends based on the data, the immense data you have at Yelp of, of users. And it was interesting. You, you shared some some feedback as well around um, the impact on your kind of recruiting and hiring efforts within Yelp. And, you know, one of the things I was curious to get your perspective on, um, as the, as you became, as you solidified, I would say being remote first, and obviously you're now recruiting from a range of different talent pools. Did you see any correlation between or impact of that? I should say, um, the ability to now recruit on a nationwide basis and your ability to tap into more diverse pools of talent uh, for the business. Did you, did you see any kind of correlation between any diversity numbers, uh, uh, adjusting based on this new kind of 
hiring model across the entire U.S.? Yeah. So um, actually, uh, we've had from a from a geographic footprint standpoint, like this has had a dramatic effect uh, on our footprint. So not only have we diversified our footprint in the U.S. Um, prior to the pandemic, ninety seven percent of our employees were located within the U.S. Um, we've uh, now expanded to almost 20% of our, our employees being based outside of the U.S. So we're really recruiting talent on a global scale um, and opening the aperture to, to talent in locations that we just didn't have access to it before. So clearly that gives us more access to uh, diverse talent pools, like wherever they reside. Um, and then we've also seen just like as an aside, like for our existing employees, uh, our employees choose to relocate to places that are better suited to them, either for um, cost of living reasons or to be in your family or just to be somewhere else that they're located. So we've seen a, a 50% increase in the unique cities where our current uh, employees are living. Um, so certainly a huge, uh, a huge geographic spread. And then from an actual um, talent attraction standpoint, we've seen some really significant, like even against a backdrop of a very competitive labor market, uh, we, we've seen an increase of uh, almost 200% in the applicants for our general administrative positions, 25% in our, our sales um, sales positions and then our uh, talent, uh, our sourcing pools for our tech talent become much more efficient and resulting overall for the company in a reduction in um, time to fill by six days or, or almost 25%. So significant there. Uh, from a diversity standpoint, um, you know, we're proud of the uh, results that we're starting to see. And then, you know, we have more room to grow. Uh, we have seen over that period of time about a 4% increase in employees who identify as black. Uh, our manager level positions, we've seen uh, an increase in uh, underrepresented minorities um, from like 10% to 18% and over 46% of our, um, managers identify as female. So we're, you know, we are, we still have, uh, room to grow and more, there's more effort that we are planning to make in this space, but, you know, starting to see some, some fruits of our ability to recruit diverse talent, regardless of location. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that. And I'll, I'll include a link to the report in the uh, the show notes for the podcast. So if you're uh, watching or listening, I definitely encourage you to check that out. There's some fascinating information uh, and just, you know, look at the lens of data or talent migration through data in a very unique way uh, that I just appreciated. So I think uh, that'll give you something to uh, nerd out on and, uh, and, and dig into. Um, you know, one thing I'd love to get your perspective on as well, based on an event, you know, last year, um, you know, we, you mentioned one of the things that, that really, uh, drew you to Yelp as you got into is really just the strong core values, um, that they had that had been there from the inception. Um, and I'm imagining a place in a time that showed up last year was, uh, you know, last year when reproductive rights, uh, were, um, stripped away in the United States, um, you know, Yelp had a, uh, a feature that they announced where you could actually learn more about local businesses, um, you know, plans and approaches, uh, directly through the app. And I'm, I'd love to hear more about the functionality, but I'd also love to hear just 
a behind the scenes look at how something like that came to be because it it, it generated fairly quickly after the news. This was a, a very uh, you know fast moving, um, fast developing story, and I think it was it was an area that I remember even at the time when I saw that I was just impressed at how quickly Yelp um, acted on that. So I'd love to just get an inside look at. Uh, how that came to be and kind of some of the conversations behind that. Yeah. I mean, I think, as I mentioned, one of the things that I'm really proud of um, the company for is our, our willingness to both listen to our employees and what's important to them. um, And also to take a stand um, that, you know, may not be popular instead of waiting uh, to see what the prevailing uh, wisdom is. So I think we've been very outspoken on the issue of reproductive rights um, our founder, Jeremy Stoppelman, just fundamentally believes that this was against our core values. It was something that was important to our employees. Um, and we were hearing from our employees that like that this is important. It's a fundamental human right um, that, that we're all concerned with. So I think two things um, coming out of, of that time period is I think we were very early on to announce a travel benefit. Uh, for employees who are in impacted states, uh, if they w- didn't have access to reproductive health care, to be able to travel outside of their state if they were covered by one of Yelp's benefit plans them, for them and their dependents. Uh, so that was that was one thing. And then we also, from a product standpoint, um, implemented a consumer notice on any Yelp business pages uh, that were categorized as crisis pregnancy centers. Um, and that was to inform consumers that these businesses um, may provide limited medical services or may not have licensed medical providers on site. Um, and that's, uh, again, you know, from a product standpoint, trust and safety is really fundamental uh, to Yelp's business model uh, and to our success. Uh, so we really want to ensure that our consumers um, aren't misled into thinking that our business provides services, especially for some something um, as sensitive as abortion care. So I think just for us, like we're, the organization's really strongly guided by like, what's the right thing to do um, in these circumstances and kind of not, not afraid to take, uh, to take a stand on some of these important social justice issues. Yeah. I mean, I think that the topic of, you know, some of these social justice issues and just, you know, we're in this time right now where it's, there are social a range of social justice issues. There's geopolitical conflict. Um, there's political turmoil. Uh, you know, it's not an easy time to be leading people teams, uh, and, and kind of being the, the, the voice, uh, sometimes of an organization as the company navigates, uh, all of these external factors. How do you, you know, obviously being such a values led organization and that certainly steering the, the way that you approached, um, the, the, the scenario of the erasure of reproductive rights, how do you as a leader kind of think about uh, how to navigate and or respond to or not to respond to, uh, you know, the range of things that tend to be coming up these days? Because that seems to be something that I think a lot of people leaders struggle with. And 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 I'm just curious to get your perspective, I think, especially for earlier career you know, leaders in that first time head of people role, maybe you haven't experienced and you haven't lived through and you haven't worked through or navigated some of these different types of flashpoints. Um, did you have any advice for how you personally kind of think about, uh, navigating those at Yelp? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, you know, unfortunately these days 
there isn't a lack of things happening in our external environment to respond to. So you can't respond to absolutely everything, right? Um, so I, I, for us, I think one, um, Jeremy Stoppelman, our founder, is like very involved uh, in uh, these types of issues and direct communication with our employees uh, when when some of these things happen. Um, so there's a, a regular channel uh, that's directly from from Jeremy to our employees. Uh, we also kind of look at it from a, you know where does this trip up against Yelp's values, um, and you know how does it how might it impact the communities also that we serve from a business perspective. So, I mean, that's, it's, it's hard to say that like there's a specific rubric I wish there were that would make it a lot easier. Um, but it's, you know, I think there's some discernment there along with letting the, the values and the impact on our business and our customers be our guide. Yeah, no, I appreciate your, your perspective on that. And, um, you know, you're right. Yeah. There has been no shortage of, uh, external events to, to navigate and guide through. But, um, but again, I think working with a very values, uh, led organization is a great way to kind of have that be the, you know, the litmus test for how, how you respond and how you guide the, not just the business, but both, you know, there's a range of stakeholders, right? It's the, it's the executive team, it's the business itself, it's the employees, it's the customers and external community. So, you know, all of those things I think have to factor into the calculus of, uh, of how you respond. And I think we, we also try to ensure that we provide, um, flexibility, right? Because, um, you know, not everyone, uh, you know, different things matter more to different people. So we do have a foundation, um, employees can contribute. We do matching gifts. So that's a way for our employees to, to also give to causes or, um, events that, that matter to them. Yeah. Well, Carmen, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, sharing uh, your role, your work, your your background, and a lot of wisdom for the audience. Uh, we close every episode with a lightning round just to help the audience get to know you a little bit better. And we always start with music, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up now for your first concert. What was your first concert that uh, that you recall? Um, it would have been White Snake and Great White. So uh, I I still to this day. Um, we'll share that one of my um, really weird superpowers is a freakish knowledge of 80s hair bands. So <laughs> if you're ever like playing bar trivia and 80s hair bands are a, are a, a topic, then I'm your phone a friend. <laughs> uh, you know, I appreciate knowing that now. I feel like uh, I feel like I have solid knowledge, but I wouldn't. Uh, I think you just put your bona fides up there. And now I feel like I've, I've, I'm not I'm not at your level. So uh, I will. Uh, I'll definitely hit you up on that. Um, cool. Next question I have for you is what is bringing you joy lately? Mm. So I recently moved uh, to downtown Austin. So I've been having a great time exploring the city. Uh checking out all the, all the new restaurants, uh, here and, you know, Yelp has been a great guide, um, in that perspective. Uh, so that's one thing. And then, um, another thing that's bringing me a lot of joy, uh, over the last, uh, year and a half, I'd say is I've, I've really gotten into yoga, which is something I never thought I would say. Um, but I've been, been really, um, enjoying deepening my, my yoga practice and getting a little more Zen. Yeah. Well, Zen, there's lots of Zen in Austin and there's lots of hair bands in Austin too. So I think That's live true. music, uh, you are a great spot for live music. 
Um, last question for you. Obviously, uh, you're a year, a little over a year now into your first chief people officer. Uh, for those who are aspiring to be in that role, what's one piece of advice you have for them? Hmm, I think kind of harkening back to our earlier conversation, um, uh, raise your hand, take the non-obvious moves, get as much exposure uh, to different facets of HR and people operations uh, as possible. Um, and don't be afraid. Don't don't let what you've done in the past uh, guide you to, to what you try to do in the future. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. Uh, if you're watching, you're listening, take that to heart. Uh, and Carmen, thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing your career, your wisdom and your journey and your tips on 80s uh, hairbands. So now, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I, now I know I have a photo friend for that. And now I'm, I'm going to call you on that. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been a blast. Thanks, Lars. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Redefining Work. For more information on the podcast, past episodes, future guests, and more, be sure to check out amplifytalent.com slash podcast. And if you dig this podcast, I strongly encourage you to share it with your CEO, leadership team, and friends to help others discover it. And if you really dig this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever your preferred podcast delivery vehicle is. We'll see you next episode.